Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com and be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7-365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness and we want you to join us. Let's get this show started. You all know what a reality TV junkie I am. You know how I love TV. And if you're a product of the 70s, 80s generation TV like I was, it doesn't get any bigger really for us and and our people than Danny Bonavici. And so I am thrilled to be able to have him on the show. And he agreed to come on, and I, I could not be happier. Thanks, Danny. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Listen, you have a hit show over at uh, KZOK uh, 102.5 Radio here in Seattle. Uh, and I encourage anyone, if you are in Seattle, to listen to Danny in the morning. He's very entertaining. And if you aren't in the Seattle area or you're coming on vacation, be sure to turn your dial into 102.5. And then you can also listen to Danny uh, in the archives on demand radio at dannybonaduce.net. And we'll put all of the links up there. How are you enjoying oh, cool. Seattle? I, I, I love Seattle. I'm a big fan. But then, the, for the last three or four weeks in a row, it's been in your 70s, 80s, and even 90s. That's the way I'd like to see Seattle. I'd be, I'd be very happy all year round if those were the temperatures. So right now, it's the best time to be here. Me too, absolutely. And as a Southern California transplant, uh, when we were talking a little bit off there, I, I was always surprised by how many Southern Californians, or just Californians in general, were kind of in the Seattle area. I don't know if Seattle really appreciates that or not, but I, it, we're here, and I, I guess we're staying. And it looks like we're well, bringing the weather with us. Yes, we do. But here's the thing uh, with Seattle and how much we love it here and things like that. When I first got here and was talking on the radio and things like that about how much I love Seattle, Seattleites were telling me, hey, don't tell your friends in California. We don't want them moving here. So it's a secret that Seattle would like to keep away from California. Yeah, it's funny. When I first moved here, um, I was at uh, one of the grocery stores, and, and somebody came out, and they said, hey, I saw my California place on, and they're like, they kind of leaned over, and they're really nice, and they're like, welcome, but you need to change your license plates as, as quick as you can. And I'm like, Yeah, oh, no, that's okay. a real thing. That's a real thing. <laughs> well, I am, I'm, I'm just thrilled to have you here. Your, your show is really an awesome show. It's really fun to listen to. And like I said, it's, it's available on demand, so really people can listen anytime. You're, you're live in the morning at an ungodly hour at 5.45 to like 9 ungodly, o'clock. Ungodly, absolutely <laughs> ungodly hour. And by the way, this is kind of weird. Uh, if, you, uh, if you listen to the show and that's just not enough for you, apparently you can watch us at uh, kzok.com uh, at slash Danny TV. So if you can't, if hearing me isn't enough, if watching me grow up on TV is not enough, if listening to me is not enough, you can watch me sit there and tell stories. It's very, it's very unnerving. <laughs> but well, let's talk about that. Let, let, let's go back to 1970, and you were cast in that iconic role, really, now as Danny Partridge, um, on, on the Partridge family, which ended up running for about four years as, yeah, as new shows, but it's really run forever. Yeah, but it was only, yes, it's, it's run forever, but in syndication, not as popular as that other family show, The Brady Bunch. The Partridge family lasted 94 episodes, and that's just six of the magic number you need to live on in uh, 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 replays forever. Oh, you're kidding. 
You're just no. shy? No. Oh. Six, six shy. I mean, the rules have changed here, but, uh, yeah, for the most point, if you're going to live on in syndication, you have to do at least 100 episodes. That's, that's where everybody starts spending their money when they hit 100 episodes. Oh, my gosh. Well, has there ever been – I'm sure there has been talk of a reunion show. Do you think that will ever happen? Well, we sort of did one once. I think it was in – 1977, maybe 81, uh, maybe somebody could Google this nightmare. It was a Partridge Family, My Three Sons, Thanksgiving reunion. And I don't know why we did it. I know I did it to cash the check. But I don't know what, we had nothing in common with the kids from My Three Sons. Uh, so I don't know why, why any of it was done, why the studio did it, why we did it. But like I said, most people on the, Brady, on the Partridge Family and My Three Sons needed the money by that time. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, you know, when you're working as an actor, that's what you need is jobs. You know, a lot of times people say, well, you know, I don't know why they took that role. Because they're an actor, and that's yeah. where the job and, is. And, and uh, conversely, a lot of times I see these things on shows where they'll say, and that's when this big star decided to take a few years out of shows. No, they didn't. They just couldn't get a job, and they cover that, you know, they cover that by saying, I took a few years off. I don't know one person who had a hit series or a decent movie career that took a few years off from it. You work when you can. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you've worked pretty steady all through that time, and, uh, you know, we've really, a whole new generation has got to know you over, you know, the, the, the old folks like myself now. Well, the old folks, you and me both, sister. Uh, but yeah, I did, uh, went from the 70s. I didn't do all that much in the 80s, a couple episodes of Chips, things like that. But in the 90s, uh, or was it, no, was it the 2000s, I started doing a lot of different reality shows. And I got to tell you, it's a good payday, but it's just kind of grueling. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I watched it, and I really liked that reality show that you did. <laughs> well, which one? Very you mean Breaking Bonaduce? Um, yeah, Breaking I'll tell you this. It was super popular. Uh, everybody loved it, apparently. I've never seen one single episode. Is, is it hard for you to watch yourself, or, or why, why haven't you? Of course, you and Gretchen are no longer married, and you've divorced and, and married somebody else now. Um, so that, that whole thing was kind of chronic, chronicling your, a different relationship, too, in your life. It, it does, but I've I got to tell you this. Uh, people love the whole meltdowns and things like that, but I look back on it, what I can remember, because I was fairly drunk for most of it, is it was just shameful behavior, and I just have no desire to see it. I, you know, I did it, I cashed the checks, and I moved along. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, would you do it again? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, hold on a second. Honey, she goes, well, would you do it again? Yeah, I'd do it again. Are you kidding me? <laughs> My, I'll tell you this, my wife wouldn't do it. Not a chance in the world would my wife do it, but I'd do it. <laughs> well, and there would be an audience for it as well, I'm sure. It's, uh, it's, it's just the way that the TV has progressed. You know, you kind of have to move along with, with the time, and, and, you know, reality TV is, is a, is a it, it is, fundamental it is way of, is. of television. It's funny, speaking of reality TV and my, my lovely wife, Amy, a, t- a television show called Celebrity Wife Swap uh, calls here all the time asking us to do it. And Amy doesn't even tell me. She just says, no, I wanted to do it. It would be weird wake up in some other guy's bed yelling at his wife. It would be. Oh, you guys should totally do it. Well, you know what? You just have to wear Amy down because that show is just fantastic. 
Well, she stayed married to me, so there's not much for wearing her down. She's a pretty tough girl. I think the last one uh, was supposed to be me and Barry Williams from the Brady Bunch. And I don't know what the tie-in here was. I was once uh, asked to swap with uh, Coolio. All good ideas as far as quality TV, quality TV. But Amy didn't want to do it. <laughs> hey, it doesn't get any better than swapping with Coolio. I mean, isn't he no, like even I, in jail right now or something? No, it would be a gangster paradise like crazy. Exactly. Well, you know, speaking of old fogies, CNN just named you one of the sexy celebs over 50. Oh, my God. I heard about that while I was on the radio. Uh, I thought it was the most hysterical thing in the world. Uh, yeah, single over 50. And that included men and women. So I was in the held down to just one gender. CNN thinks I am hot. <laughs> well, let me tell you. 50 looks a lot different from when, of course, now that I just turned 50 this year, 50 does look a lot different than when I was growing up in the 70s and looking at a 50-year-old. I thought that uh, why even live at 50? That, that, that's what I used to think. I'm like, oh, those poor people, they can go anytime, you know, just they've well, lived their I'm, life. I'm 55. I'm, 50, I'm, I'm 55 years old, but I would have to agree with you because this is when I was growing up. I was with you. I just wanted to be uh, young and happy and do all sorts of crazy things, and 50-year-olds were, were old. But then when I turned like 30, 35, these guys, it's not 55 to look different to me. It didn't. 55 or 50 looked different. People were in shape. People were wearing nice clothes. People got, to, uh, you know, remember they said 40 is the new 30 and so on? They were right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely. And and having sex. I mean, 50-year-old people, I, I know this is probably going to be a shock because we, we, we do have a lot of young listeners, but 50, 50-year-old people still have sex. And uh, you know, I gotta, I, we were talking about this viable. on the radio. On the radio, we do a segment, a brief call-in segment called Danny Bonadici Life Coach. And people call me up and ask me different advice on different things. One day it was a woman, uh, I think about 52, 53 years old, and she was talking about where can you meet a guy. And I said, you know what, it's all the new age technology. I would, if I were you, I'd go to something called ourtime.com. It's a dating site for people over 50. And we started to think about it and talk about it. Oh, my God, having sex with a 50-year-old would be downright creepy <laughs> if it wasn't me. But, yeah, uh, the new 50, uh, I don't know what 60 is, but uh, 50 is the new 40, and I think they're right. People are much healthier. Uh-huh. I, I, I think so. And and I'm, I'm glad that CNN put that out so that people could see what, what the new 50 looks like. And, and, and all sincerity, congratulations for, for making the list. Well, I, I appreciate that. Thanks. And I'll tell you, everything I did was always in the shadow of David Cassidy. Uh, but I guess he's over 60 now. How weird is that? He's over 60. <laughs> that is crazy because I still always see him as Keith Partridge, really. I, I mean, I, I see him as David Cassidy, but, but in my mind, the way he looks will always be like Keith Partridge. No, I know David very well, but in my mind, he's still Keith Partridge, that most handsome guy I had ever seen up until that uh, point in my life. And he wouldn't have made a bad-looking woman. This guy is just all around beautiful. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, maybe it's just harder to, to grow old comfortably when your baseline is Keith Partridge. Maybe that's why David Cassidy's drunk all the time. <laughs> that's true. That's true. What was it like as a, a, a young child star growing up on a set where you had someone like Keith Partridge slash David Cassie who was really booming onto the scene at that time with the ladies. 
Yeah, and 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 biggest star, uh, biggest star around. David Cassidy was, um, and it was it was it was great for me to grow up around that. David was like the uh, Keith Partridge was like the big brother that I got that nobody else had in real life. It was just fantastic. And I will tell you a, a quick story that my first intimate relations with a woman were somebody, a young lady, looking for Keith Partridge, looking for David Cassidy, and he was busy, so I didn't let her in his dressing room, so I did. And I'll always be grateful for that, Cassidy. <laughs> well, well, you guys even toured together later down the road, didn't you? You, you and David toured? Yeah, so I think around, was it 94? But sometime, yeah, we did. It was really fun. I'd never been. You know, you talk about the Partridge Family bus and stuff. This was a real tour bus, um, and you'd sleep on the bus while driving from one city to the next. It was a, a fabulous time in my life. Well, I'll tell you, you know, now when I, since I'm, you know, sort of on the cusp of, of radio, I'm, I'm around people who talk music all the time, and it always comes up, what was the first album that you ever owned? And everyone always has these great stories. Oh, it was the Beatles' White Album, it was the Doors, it was the Stones. Well, mine was the Partridge, <laughs> mine was the Partridge Family Album, and I was seven years old, and my mom took me out and let me pick out anything who had like a mother-daughter day, and I, and I picked out that album. And I loved it. I was like a rock star on my block when I had that album. And we just played the heck out of it, and we didn't believe any rumors that you didn't play the bass. We just all, everybody was just, you know, we bought it hook, line, and sinker. We loved the Partridge Family. Yeah, I will t- by the way, I want to play along. The very first album I ever owned was Grand Funk Railroad. The album cover looked like a silver dollar, so it was all round. It had no corners. And I believe the album was called E Pluribus Funk. That was my first album. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a little more cooler when you're 50 to say than the Partridge Family album. But I but will say, I was rocking the block at seven. With that album. My, my wife is a fair amount younger than I. Uh, honey, what was the first album you ever owned? Janet Jackson Rhythm Nation. Janet Jackson Rhythm Nation. Janet Jackson Rhythm, Rhythm uh, Nation. So I think between us, we really have all areas uh, kind of covered. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Um, a lot of people may not know, Danny, but your dad, Joe, he, he was really had some amazing uh, connections in TV. He, he was a screenwriter, a writer-producer, and wrote for the Dick Van Dyke Show, Mayberry RFD, One Day at a Time, Good Time. So you, you really came from a, a, a TV background family. It was kind of in your blood. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I will tell you this. My father and I never got along, but I would not take, it, take anything away from him. He was probably one of the best writers out there and – ridiculously uh, fast. He would write a half-hour sitcom in a single day and then hide it in his, uh, in his desk so he, couldn't re- he wouldn't return it too soon because he wanted the studios to think it was more difficult than it was for him to write one. Wow. He was just a, a genius, really, when it came to that, Ben. An absolute genius. Are, are you still an ordained minister? I am indeed. I'm still an ordained minister. I, the last person I married, or couple I married, was recently in Philadelphia. And I married a couple once, like in the late 80s, early 90s. And I was getting a bunch of requests to do it again. And I said, no, that's a, I'm, it's a terrible, it's a shameful idea. This is supposed to be the most important day of your life. And you do it for a wacky stunt on a radio show. You shouldn't do it. So I never did it again. And then my boss in Philly 
oh, about four years ago, because I moved from Philadelphia to Seattle, said, hey, we want you to marry this couple. And I said, no, didn't you listen? I don't do it anymore. And the station had it so sponsored, we, we paid for their wedding dress, their tuxedos, the bridesmen, the, the, the uh, bridesmaids, the groomsmen, uh, the full vacation for the honeymoon, it came, uh, the cake, everything. It came out to be like $150,000, so I came out of retirement. Wow, that's amazing. Well, since you're really not into the ordained ministry anymore, I, I, I won't run my idea by you of having a mass wedding that where you uh, marry all, all kinds of people at Point Partridge on Whidbey Island. I was just thinking, I, I was there not long ago, I'm like, this would be a great place for Danny Bonaduce to marry people. <laughs> well, that, that sounds like an interesting idea. I didn't want to do a bunch of wacky stunts and just uh, on the radio, but that sounds like it'd be really fun. I'll, you should look into that and call me back and let me know, you know, what it looks like. <laughs> All right, I will just keep up. I'll star that little idea. Good. What? Give one to Lori. She actually came up with something kind of good. Right, no, right, that's a good. I didn't know there was a point partridge. <laughs> there is right on Whidbey Island. It's like the westernmost point. Um, <laughs> the partridges I know are pointless. <laughs> Thank you. We'll be here all week. <laughs> and then you can find out more at dannybonaducci.net. Hey, um, can, can you tell me about your audition for the Partridge Family? Did, did you have to audition for it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done a couple of shows before that, but they, they did not guarantee you a part in anything as serious as the Partridge Family. I've done a couple episodes of Bewitched. Uh, a show called, uh, well, I don't even remember all the first shows I did, uh, but I did you know, several, uh, but I, I auditioned, and I kept coming back and coming back, and on the fourth time, we did a screen test, and I got it. Wow. So on the fourth time, the fourth time was a charm. App- apparently, that was the one, yeah. <laughs> Why did they change Chris's? There was always all these different rumors on, on, on why well, that happened. Whose story do you want, mine or his? <laughs> yours, yours. I, mine I is more he, interesting and truthful. He was a huge pain in the butt. Everybody hated him, and it came down to fisticuffs between he and I a couple of times, and they said, one of you has to go, and they picked him. Ah. Yeah. Well, Nobody we was sad to see him go. Yeah, yeah. Well, because um, the, the, the one Chris was just there for the, for the first year, and then and that was it. Then they, they switched him off after that. Brian Forster, who was a lovely young man and did a very good job. You know, the first one, uh, Jeremy Gilwex did a fine job. He just, you know, had some uh, behavioral issues. And then Brian Forster took over and was a great job. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Well, we just rolled with it as a fan. I, I can definitely tell you that. We just, you know, everyone on our block always picked somebody different to kind of role play, you know, like, you're going to be this person. You're going to, you know, we play the album and everybody be somebody different. And, you know, those kind of memories just kind of sear into your soul. And, and you just carry that happiness and joy with you really throughout life. And, and, and I think that's why so many people are still kind of connected with you as um and, and want the best for you all the time and, and, and follow your career because, you know, we just come from that happy spot in, in our life where, where we started. And a lot of people don't realize that back then TV was so much different. And I, I know that they've all heard the thing about we only had three channels and that type of thing, but TV would only, it, it would come on like at 6 in the morning and then it would go off at midnight. And there would be nothing else in between you to wait for TV to come on. So... We didn't have a lot of different shows pulling at us like, like we do now. And so when the Partridge family came on, it was 
during that time when we were basically allowed to watch television between 6 and midnight, and it, it was something we anticipated and looked forward to, and there was a spark, and there was a magic. There was a real magic to it. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I, I agree with you completely, by the way, but people talk about that, and it, it unnerves me a little bit. Um, they're talking about uh, Game of Thrones, for example, is doing record numbers of viewers. It's just breaking all the records with 16 million uh, uh, viewers, which sounds amazing, but if you look back at a Partridge Family, 40 million viewers every Friday night at 8.30. 40 million viewers. And one of the reasons is, yeah, quality of the TV and families watching together, which is lovely. But the other side uh, of that is there was nothing else to watch. <laughs> well, and that's what made it really special, too, because we tuned in to watch those, those shows, and Partridge Family being one of those, those shows. And it's something that we looked forward to. We couldn't DVR anything. We couldn't record anything, let alone. I mean, we had to be there. If you missed it, it didn't come back around for you. You well, had to be do, there. Do you remember the advent of uh, the DVR? What weird and voodoo skill is the DVR? That's crazy. A VCR is a VCR. It's a giant machine and it takes giant cartridges that's how you record things what's a dvr <laughs> i remember when i saw my first vcr and my uncle worked at general dynamics in pomona and they they had one and he was able to my aunt was on match game this was a real old show match game 76 or something oh yeah and he was I've able done match to game. bring oh they, were, they should bring that back and you should be in charles nelson riley's seat I just <laughs> That's an awesome job. I'd, I'd totally take that job. <laughs> but, uh, he, he was able to bring that device home and record her on Match Game, and then he had to return it back to work. And we were all just like, it was just like the invention of the microwave or something. We were just like, what is that? And how did you get that? No, what space-age device is that? Uh, yeah, it was, that it was, was absolute witchcraft. And I, I was talking to my wife early on in our relationship, before she was my wife, and I was going to go out for a jog, and I said, hey, man, can, can I use your Walkman? Nothing funny about that to me. She laughed. She laughed. Apparently the Walkman had gone into history without ever telling me, and now uh, people had, uh, I don't know, DVD players, CD players, MP3 players. I, had, I didn't see that come. I just I asked for a Walkman, and she laughed. <laughs> well, you know, you're the sexiest guy over 50 for CNN, so you don't really have anything to prove it at, at this point anymore. It's exactly right. right. I'm, gonna, I'm quoting my host right now. You're lucky to have me. I told my wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned uh, keeping up with David earlier. Did, um, did you keep up with any of the cast? Um, for the most part, like if, you, if I was going to answer your question honestly, it would be no. But uh, I mean, a couple of years or so, I run into David. David and I are particularly close out of everybody in the show, and he she, sees Shirley. Uh, I don't think anybody sees the kids. You know, the show, not as magic of a time for the people in it as for the people who watched it. When it was over, uh, we went our separate ways, which is kind of interesting. Like the, the Brady Bunch to this very day, has a bunch of barbecues going on, like the very Brady barbecue. They stay in touch. We did not. Mm -hmm. why, why do you think that is? Uh, I, here's my honest opinion, not trying to be funny or anything. I believe them to be a much more wholesome group of people, that they like getting together for a barbecue, and is Bobby going to cut the pie out of this Sunday? They love that kind of stuff, and none of us really do. We're, I don't want to say that we're more individual than the Bradys are. God, God, whatever do they do, but being, you know, Casting those roles once again did not interest any of us. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, David's daughter, Katie, has gone on, and now she's a very well-known actress. Yeah, I had heard that. Uh, I was surprised. My wife pointed her out to me at some point. Then she's doing doing very, very, very well in her career. Uh, didn't she also want to be a singer for a while? I, I think she did dabble in that, but I think that uh, that the TV kind of pulled her in. And it's actually rumored that she's going to be maybe in an upcoming Fifty Shades of Grey movie, which would be huge. Uh, really? Oh, you know what? I may have heard that. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be wild. I know, because, well, and you should get her on your show if that happens, because Fifty Shades of Grey takes place in Seattle, and there's so much hype around Fifty Shades of Grey, and Katie Cassidy might be in the movie, and you connected, blah, blah, blah. People would love that, wow, too. Wow, you should, you should just book my show for me. That's an awesome idea. I should. <laughs> well, you'll have to let me know if that happens, because we have a huge Fifty Shades of Grey following who follow the show. E.L. James, Dana Bernetti has been on the show. And uh, so we, we have a lot of great fans who, are, who, who listen. So if you get Katie Cassidy and she can confirm or deny any of that, we will push those people towards your show, which I want to do anyway, because I, I definitely want people to listen to you, and especially with so many people coming to Seattle. There was just a big Fifty Shades of Grey fan group that came here a few weeks ago, and uh, they rented cars, and they were listening to the radio and that type of thing. And so we want them to tune in to 102.5 KZOK and listen yes, to we Danny do. And, 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 and support that show. Danny, I really appreciate that you took the time to come on today. It was a really a big thrill for me. It was an honor and a pleasure to have you, and I, I could not be any more happy. I'm just going to be walking on there the rest of the day. Well, I'm very grateful to have been on. Thank you very much for having me, and you guys, thank you very much for listening. All right. Well, I'm going to actually play one of the Partridge Family songs, and then if you'll hold for just a second, uh, and then I will be right back. Hello, world, in a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. I'd hide it to myself 
and never talk about it and did not go and shout it when you walked into the room. I think I love you.